1: you're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian with your market view. Now we'll kickstart the week by looking at the U.S. economy. U.S. stocks got a boost last week from the latest minutes from the Fed's November meeting, where the central bank is looking to hand out smaller rate hikes in the coming months. Now, while economic data out of the U.S. showed the U.S. economy responded to the Fed's four straight 75 basis point interest rate hikes, question is, is it still too early for markets to be optimistic? Now back in Asia. Warren Buffett has picked up a five billion US dollar stick in semiconductor manufacturer TSMC. But what do market watchers see of his recent buy, And what are the opportunities in the Greater China region? Now, for more, let's speak to Ken Shi, head of Wealth Management Greater China at Saxo Markets. Hi, Ken. How are you?
0: Hi, Ken. Ken. Pleasure to be here.
1: Uh, great to have you on the show as well. Well, Ken, let's start with the US. US stocks got a boost last week. The Fed is expected to hand out smaller rate hikes in the coming months, but we know that a meeting was held in early November. And in recent weeks, we have seen Fed officials warning that rates could go up, some say as high as 7%. So to what extent can we take heart in the comments captured by the Fed Minutes?
0: Yeah, I think the main thing is, uh, you know, uh, let's not get carried away with ourselves. Uh, a few takeaways from my end. First, um, although not impossible, um, it seems unlikely that we need to raise rates to 7% from current level. I think valid points obviously made by St. Louis uh, Federal Reserve President uh, James Bullard, uh, that they do not want to make the same mistakes they made back in the 1970s, which was basically pivot too soon and allow inflation to come back. But I, I think it's actually important to point out that first is uh, the current 2022 makeup versus 1970s is quite different. Even though clearly we um, had the same uh, inflation and also higher energy price issues, but at least what we can see in the past, I would say four weeks, is that inflation data is coming in. Uh, these headline data is coming in a bit weaker than anticipated. So it seems to be working on the surface. And also, furthermore, I think our anticipation is that rates will probably be hovering around five percent. Right, seven percent to me seems like that would put the U.S. in a sort of a deeper state of uh, recession, which is exactly what we do not want. And uh, particularly right now is if you look at the yield inversion, which is been happening for some while but particularly i would say this past week uh the yield inversion between short and long-term treasury rates is probably it's most pronounced in 40 years so if i was the fed i'd probably be pretty careful about raising rates too quick um but having said that i think it's important to understand their thinking as well and so at least looking forward what we'll see is the fed will continue at least um from a communication standpoint, be uber hawkish. But I think these uh, concerns I've mentioned just right now probably will be in the back of their minds as well because clearly they don't want capital markets uh, to kind of be uh, ne- too negatively mm.
1: impacted. And Ken, you mentioned about economic indicators and I want to take a look mm. at that as well. Last week, we mm. saw jobless claims data that came in higher than expected, 240,000 for the week ended November 19. To what extent have indicators out so far suggest that the economy is reacting to the series of outsized rate hikes?
0: Okay. Um, I think a few things on my end, right? The first thing is that if we look at the rake hike pace that we've seen in the past uh, eight months, it's probably been the fastest that we've seen in the past 40 years. That's not since the Volcker days. So at least uh, at least headline-wise, as you mentioned correctly, is that we're already starting to see the CPI print come in a bit weaker. Um, but I think uh, you know the devil is in the details. And I think what's important to point out is that even though labor data is coming a bit weaker, um, but relatively speaking to the housing market and also retail sales uh, in terms of uh, data points, I I think that the um, employment data is still strong, even though it is overall weakening, right? Um, So I I think my anticipation is at least uh, when we get into 2023 that um, the jobs data will come, we can further, but for the time being, I think it's still showing some resiliency. Um, And furthermore, when we look more on a corporate level, right, so from a fundamental perspective, when we look at the Q3 earnings just released, uh, I think what we can say about the U.S. is that relative to its European counterparts, um, the margin compression is not as bad. But having said that, when we look at the data, I think quarter on quarter Mm -hmm. is still down about two and a half percent. So right. the thinking is going ahead that this will likely still deteriorate and 2023 will likely still be a troublesome year for U.S.
1: stocks. Well, before we move into uh, stock markets, hmm. I just want to talk yeah. about rates. right? Um, yeah. Where do you expect the Fed to move interest rates in December? Is a 50 BPS rate increase almost certain?
0: Uh, I, I think, uh, although clearly there is no certainty, but I think uh, both uh, in the minds of the, the market strategists at Saxo and also what I see in terms of the futures pricing, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion, right? I think when we look at futures pricing, I think it's like 76% anticipating a 50 basis point rate hike. Uh, but I think it's important to point out to investors is that uh, this is not the end. We'll likely see some rate hikes in 2023. Um, so so I think um, even though it's slowing, clearly the, uh, the Fed rate... Uh, uh, the interest rates are continue to elevate uh, from now probably into the middle of next year.
1: In the meantime, Insider reported, mm-hmm. uh, quoting fund stress Tom Lee, uh, that mm-hmm. the S&P 500 could rise another 14% through the end of the year as inflation comes mm-hmm. down. That would set the stage for a big December rally. But as always, I'd like to get a second opinion. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Okay, so, so I don't know Tom Lee personally, but I've been listening to him for many years. Uh, and I think it's important to point out to your audience that Uh, you know, Tom clearly is a smart cookie, uh, but he's a perpetual bull. So I don't think there's any market he ever feels there's any downside. Um, Having said that, I think, um, you know, maybe let's remind your investors what Tom actually said, right? So I think Mm. two weeks ago, he came on CNBC saying that basically there was, um, you know, due to the weaker uh, inflation print, he felt that this was sustainable. So he felt that this is exactly what the Fed wants to see potentially to pivot down the road and actually anticipating potentially that the Fed would stop hiking rates in December. Uh, So as a result, what he anticipates is that uh, for the S&P 500 to hit, uh, I think, uh, 4,400. So it's about 11, 12% from from current levels. So uh, now that I've said that, a lot of big ifs right? So so a few things in my mind. Um, I, I think he has some merit with what he's saying in terms of the fact that he said, uh, even during the Volcker days, like the 1970s, that the market rebounded extremely quickly. Because mar- I think the market took almost two years to sell off 27% from 1980 to 1982. But actually, even before the Fed came out and to signal that they were pivoting, the market already hit a bottom and rebounded. And within the subsequent four months, it raised all 27% uh, losses. So I think he's kind of edging on the fact that um everyone's anticipating right now for a market bottom they're trying to find a reason and uh maybe the weak data uh the weak cpi data is enough for the fed but mm. uh i honestly feel that um we're jumping the gun here people are right. way too optimistic uh if we anticipate a 10 15 increase in december i want to let you know in the past 35 years the s p 500 has never increased more than 6.5 percent in mm. december so probably unlikely (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) okay but let's let's still hope for that Uh, if you're just tuning in we're now speaking to ken Shi, head of wealth management greater china at sexo markets well ken you have recently shared this on your social media Mm -hmm. that uh you know u.s stocks are 14 percent higher when the fed pauses rate hikes, 35 percent lower if the fed cuts rates during a recession so how do you reach this conclusion and what's next for u.s market
0: yeah sure so so i can't take credit because this original this research originated from morgan stanley but i also did my own work as well on top of that Um, I think what's important is to point out is that actually in the past uh, 34 years, there's been six instances where the Fed has paused rates or cut rates Um, So since the 1980s, right? Uh, And I think there's a couple takeaways. The first takeaway is that when the Fed pauses rates, this is generally speaking conducive uh, or positive for for markets. On average, markets are up about 14% as a result. Uh, highest 33% in 1997, lowest negative 12% in 2000. But when the Fed actually starts to cut rates, and this coincides with actually uh, the US market being in a recession, which seems like we're kind of heading in that direction. Actually, I would say four out of the four times remaining, because there were two times that did not uh, end in recession. So 100% of the time, the US stocks fell on average of 35%. Truth be told, I don't think this is like predictive anyway in terms of data, but I think it's important for actually for a lot of investors to think about Um, what's happened in the past or remind themselves what's happened in the past just because as investors I I think many of us are prone to recency bias um, because our memories are short like a goldfish in that regard it's important Mm. to stay a bit more defensive in this environment
1: right speaking about being defensive where do you see the U.S. stock market moving for the rest of this year and you also mentioned that U.S. stocks look expensive for now so what should investors be doing
0: yeah, I, I think it's important to point out that um, maybe U.S. stocks are a little bit higher on average in terms of uh, valuation, about, I think, 17 times. I think average is probably about uh, maybe like 12 times or somewhere in that range. Um, at least looking ahead, I anticipate that uh, U.S. stocks will likely be a bit more range bound um, in 2023. Uh, but having said that, I, I think it really depends on where the bottom is in 2023, that the inflection point afterwards could actually be quite interesting for a lot of uh, long only investors. Um, so at least uh, my anticipation is the next three to four months, U.S. stocks continually to be very volatile, obviously, as the uh, the Fed goes from quantitative tightening to pausing, to quantitative easing. Um, I believe for retail investors, what I can say is that for long longer term diversified investing investors, um, that really was not great in 2022. Uh, I think it was probably the one of the worst years in 50 years where bonds and stocks sold off. But I think there is hope in the future in the sense that looking forward uh, for 2023, I anticipate that bonds will be less positively correlated to stocks. Uh, so their defensive characteristics will come mm-hmm. back. Um, right. And where yields are right now, I think bonds are starting to look interesting again.
1: Well, um, I want to save the remaining questions, Ken, to mm. talk about the Greater China region. Uh, Warren Buffett has picked up this five billion US dollar stick in semiconductor manufacturer TSMC. So any guess as to why he's buying up the company? What do you think of his recent buys?
0: Um so so I think overall it's a good buy. I, I think there's a couple reasons. The first is the company has pretty solid fundamentals to begin with. Um I, I think for most of us it's been following the market and also the geopolitical tension between Uh, the U.S. and and China, we can see that the semiconductor industry has been kind of, um, I I would say, really on a down cycle in regards to that, right? Having said that, I think if we look deeper in the data, in terms of earnings data for TSMC, uh, double-digit sales growth, uh, also revenue up 35%, uh, gross margin uh, up 50%, so also pretty healthy cash flow, and and dividends are also quite higher than its peers, I think about 2.6% versus micron about 0.8%, so I think there's uh, good fundamentals to begin with, but Particularly for people who are thinking long term investing, uh, and clearly, Buffett is the epitome of long term investing. Uh, I think it's interesting because uh, one is, um, I I think there will be quite huge demand uh, in terms of longer term uh, for a lot of the silicon chips, whether it's from IoT, renewables, and and also in automobiles. So I think for Buffett, I I think, um, you know, this is a good pickup. And last but not least, he he had clearly a big stake in Apple and uh, TSMC's biggest client is Apple. So I think there might be a lot of synergy ahead going forward as well. Clearly TSMC is up 11, 12% since he bought it. Um, um, and I, I think
1: it's quite positive. Ken, one quick question before we let you go. What are the opportunities mm. in the greater China region? And also, Hong Kong stock saw a boost on single Day. but to what extent is the market investable right now?
0: So the market has always been investable. <laughs> let me clarify that first. Uh, but having said that, there are two major headwinds right now. Uh, one is China's zero COVID policy. So obviously, we've seen it all over the news over the weekend and this morning. We continue to see rolling lockdowns. I am um, personally am optimistic uh, that clearly we're going to come out of this reopening type phase but it won't be without its ups and downs and bumps in the road i think that's something that's pretty clear uh the second is um i would say foreign investors perception into china obviously there's been quite a lot of different rhetoric um since the uh, ukraine Russia war and obviously um with the chinese leadership meetings and whatnot so what we've seen is a pretty heavy outflow Uh, from foreign investors outside China. I think it was almost uh, year to date. We're seeing 82.2 billion dollars in stock and bond outflows, particularly majority of the 105 billion in bond outflows in terms of China. So you know, if I think I've had two two different thoughts. One for Hong Kong stocks. I think it is possible that we may have hit a bit of a technical bottom. Um, uh, You know, PE right now is not super expensive, uh, probably about uh, 9.8 times uh, relative to where it was maybe like a year and a half ago, about um, 18 times. But I think Hong Kong stocks are stuck between a bit of a rock and a hard place, mainly because of both uh, Chinese macro headwinds and also global macro headwinds. Uh, What might actually be more interesting, I think, is in mainland China. Um, The view at Saxo is uh, obviously we anticipate that Chinese stocks will probably find a bottom Uh, and probably rebound a bit quicker than people anticipate. Uh, As we've seen actually in the past, um, I would say three to four weeks is that all investors are looking for a bottom. Um, And then key areas we look into, I think it's interesting. One is uh, within China, policy driven, uh, mining, energy, infrastructure, rural area development, and then in terms of medium to long term, we favor a lot more of the small emerging technology companies over the big tech. You know, I think that's something that for a lot of investors look into.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks very much, Ken. That was Ken Shi, mm-hmm. Head of Wealth Management, Greater China at Sexo Markets. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM eighty-nine point three.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.